Hi, I'm Kezia, a stroke survivor and member of BIND. And hi, I'm Carrie, a stroke survivor and also a member of BIND. And we are welcoming back Dr. Driver and Jasmine. And Jasmine, I'm sorry, I'm not going to try to say your whole name again. I can't roll the R's. I don't want to embarrass myself. But we're so excited to have you all back for us to continue our discussion on healthy eating, healthy lifestyle after a brain injury. So we're going to just kind of jump back into that. I want to clarify from our previous episode, um, you said you're part of the program at GLB? Yes. Okay, so and that is? Group Lifestyle Balance. So that's where we come together as a group and we learn this together. So we go through these different sessions as a group with the coaches and we learn the different lifestyle habits, whether that be learning the nutrition, learning how to slowly integrate that exercise and how to do it safely. That's how we do it as a group. Okay. That just wanted a little bit of that clarification and maybe just a rundown again of what are some of the better foods for brain injury survivors to help restore their brain or just keep their brain healthy? So more of those healthier nuts, so almonds, cashews, those healthier oils, so avocado oil, the extra virgin olive oils, so those more healthier oils. Okay. Yeah. And I, right now that you were saying about, like, um, integrate, I can't say that Integrating. Right Thank you. <laughs> um, so... One of the things is, like, how can we, like, improve our strength? I think a lot of the times that we think about, like, nutrition, but right now that you mentioned, like, physical activities and stuff like that, how would it be in, like, a healthy way, a healthy manner to strengthen our abilities after having a brain injury? Yeah, good question. So strength and strength training plays a really important role in a healthy lifestyle in the same way that aerobic exercise does, Mm -hmm. walking, running, swimming as well as eating healthy. So the the recommendations are that you do some kind of strength training two times a week. And this becomes increasingly important as you get older. It helps with balance, bone strength, bone density, um, helps avoid frailty, um, keeps your range of motion so that you can keep moving and doing mm-hmm. all your activities of daily living. So I think there are different ways that you can build strength training into kind of your your, your lifestyle. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be at a gym and structured. There are plenty of things around your house that you can use safely. Uh, one of the modifications that we include in our program is, you know, kind of a water jug mm-hmm. and using a water jug or uh, cans of food, things that you have readily accessible that you can do different movement with movements with and now there's some incredible um, devices and things that you can use at home like bands um, you know you, you you wouldn't think you don't have to lift a heavy weight right there are some great things that you can do with the weight of your body and these bands that you can tie to a door frame um, hold yourself and stretch that really do do the same thing um, as what you might traditionally think of strength training as going to a gym and lifting weights and you can do those things at home and it doesn't cost much to do it it is a really important part of a healthy lifestyle which i think was kind of your original yeah point of your question right so i don't have to go do a deadlift you, you don't have to go and do a deadlift. Like, that sounds painful. Like I could uh, anyway, yeah, but the one hand, I'd be like the strong man. The you know, one, pre- yes. one arm, right. one arm press. Yeah, and I don't think so. So there was a question that one of our members asked that I found very interesting, and I'm curious. And this may not be the 
appropriate place to ask it, so I don't know if there's an answer. But they asked if, if there are any foods that can help regenerate dead brain cells or can contribute to the new neuropathways during recovery. Because, like, my understanding is once they're dead, they're dead. But maybe there's foods that, or maybe just all the foods we're talking about in general, help those new neuropathways find their way around. Is it, does that belong in this conversation or no? I th- <laughs> so I'm not aware of any food specifically okay. other than the general knowledge that these healthy oils um, do promote brain health. Okay. Um, that's a very specific question. I know. By the way, that's what I'm saying. But is that right? That and once they're dead, they're kind of dead. You can't get the the ones that we that we've hurt in our injuries. We're not going to get those back. We're making new pathways. Typically, yes. Okay. The, the, uh, I'll, I'll just say broadly, the brain is an amazing oh, thing. Oh, agreed. Totally. And um, we're learning so much about the brain all the time. And there's new technology that helps us understand mm-hmm. the brain better. So I think as scientists, we're we're constantly learning how amazing the brain is and its ability to adapt and change and regenerate or relearn. Um, So more more to come, I think, on that. Okay, yeah. So that's not really a part of today's discussion. Like I said, it just it really intrigued me, and I was like, I'm curious. So I'm asking. Yeah. (laughs) And I really liked, I think, right before we got on to our conversation, we had talked about um, how the program that you guys are having for research and for um, uh, for people with brain injury survivors um, get together and learn about the um, healthy lifestyle. Uh, You talked about it being available also like telehealth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So. I really liked also how you were talking about like lifting water and and things that are available at home. Um, is there other things that we can do at home that can be done for brain injury survivors? Because sometimes like, the most difficult part is just having people that were not the brain injury survivors understand that doing simple things in their daily lifestyle is part of the recovery. Um, I mean, I've met people that they don't understand that part of occupational therapy is doing your eyeliner again. Like... <laughs> You know, simple everyday things is part of their recovery. So can maybe they'll believe, you know, you two better than me. Like, girl, do your makeup. It's going to be recovery, you know, so things like that in everyday life. So you're right about that. I can attest to that. So not only as a survivor, but also as a researcher and working with the research team, it is everything we do is a way to get back to recovery, a way to get back to what I like to tell people are new normal. So we're not ever going to be back to what we were, sure. but we're going to redefine ourselves. So everything we do, there's besides lifting those water jugs, we're going to find ways to do it. So um, it can be different things like putting your eyeliner on, or for me, it could be um, finding ways to play with my animals, my cats, my dogs, or playing with the kids, even though I can't see them because they're too short or something. There's different ways we can do it, and you just have to have that talk and be able to sit down with them and say, you know, look, this is harder. I'm not the same as I was. I'm not like you. Um, I have different abilities. 
So you have to give me a little bit of grace. Let me do this and let me do it to where I can do it in my best ability. And that may be I might have to do this jug and I might have to put something around it to hold it a little bit more with my hand. And that's fine. But I'm still doing it. I'm still doing the exercise. I'm still doing the repetitions. I'm still doing what I have to do to make sure that I'm doing it for my health, my well-being. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I know, and we're talking about healthy lifestyle. We've really we've talked we've only we've talked about food and we've talked about exercising, but now let's talk about sleep because I know that's part of a healthy lifestyle too. What are some? I know a lot of survivors have a harder time falling asleep, staying asleep. A lot of our medications make us get up every two hours to go use the facility so we don't get a full night's sleep. I mean, any advice for our survivors, for our listeners on nutri- I mean, on sleep health patterns? And- yeah, so sleep's a really important part of our daily lives. It's where we get to really recover and rest and our brain relaxes and gets to help our body recover. Um there, there are so. I think you said it really well. There are so many different things that can impact sleep. Um, some of which are just out of our control. Sure. Uh, I think things that we can control are things like when we go to bed and trying to go to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time, having a having a regular um, kind of schedule, um, eating three hours before sleep. Um, if you if you're eating just before you go to bed, your your body's very active, um, so it makes your heart beat faster, um, and you're you're not resting in the same way. So if you can eat if you can eat three two to three hours before you sleep, your body starts getting in that restful state, which might help you. It does fall normally help faster. you fall asleep faster and stay asleep and have deeper sleep. Um, screen time uh, works for some people but not for others but there's some things you can do with your phone and tablets to kind of reduce the brightness of them before you kind of go to bed if you're reading the news that kind of thing Um, anything else Jazz? Um, so there's a lot of things so this is a pretty uh, important topic for me because I struggle with non-24 hour syndrome so that's where I don't sleep a lot I'm lucky if I get two to three hours of sleep a night Um, because I don't recognize day and night because of my brain injury. Um, So sleep is hard. So there's different things. Sometimes medications work. Sometimes it's different foods, of course, screens, um, exercise. Um, Then there's even moving out of the room. So get out of your bed. If you can't fall asleep, get out of that room and move to a different room. Then let yourself get sleepy. Once you get sleepy, go back to that bed and then try to go to sleep. If it does work, then go to sleep. Find music, try doing mindfulness, meditation, guided meditation. They have tons of apps out there, free ones too. Um, They also have websites for that as well. Um, There's also different types of programs out there that will help you get certain types of medications because I know there are some out there, Um, as well as instituting those exercise programs. So for me, I don't take medications because that's just not in my budget. I don't have that $5,000 a month for that medication but what I do do is I exercise I keep myself busy and if I run myself tired through the day then I know I will go to sleep at night I know that I will at least get three maybe five hours of sleep um so that's one way that I found it so that each way it's just different for each person so you just have to find what works for you 
I, w- I will add one more thing. Alcohol really does disrupt sleep. Um, it, it, it's amazing how much it increases your heart rate. So you might feel a little sleepy when you're having a drink, right? Um, but what it does to your, your, your body and how, you're, how you break down that alcohol while you're sleeping really does increase your heart rate. So it's almost like your body's kind of awake, so you're not really getting any good rest. Okay, interesting. I'm going to take a quick little break and just remind our listeners to go ahead and click that like button on whatever you're following us on and click the notify button on YouTube so you'll get notified every Thursday that there's a new episode. And we're going to go back and talk a little bit more about sleep and healthy lifestyle. And I do appreciate that you said screen time. And if you're reading the news, yeah, we're all reading the news. You mean when we're on Facebook or TikTok or... Trying to do something that's less stimulating. Yeah. Um, reading it, a book is probably better re- than a book Facebook or, or just TikTok. catching up on the news. But yeah, my, my wife loves loves to watch videos of cats and that kind of thing, and it, it de- she's laughing rather rather than falling asleep. Um, so do, doing something that's maybe a little um, uh, kind of more more relaxing. So yes, reading a book or um, listening to some mindfulness, act, you know, yeah. app. Yeah. Are you yeah. looking into certain types of different natural remedies? So, like, um, one thing I did find that did work for me for a bit, but I became immune to it, was a drink called NeuroSleep. So, they're all natural. They have natural vitamins. Um, and what it is, is it's a drink. Um, it looks kind of like a woman's body shape, but it's for anybody. And it has uh, the taste of oranges. I say only drink about a third of the bottle because it knocks you out within 30 minutes. Oh, wow. It, what it really does is just makes you droggy, and then you fall asleep. And so it's just those vitamins. So that's why I tell people, really, it's more about what you're putting into your body. So those vitamins, making sure you're putting that melatonin in. Try mm-hmm. looking into that. See if that's helping you. Because, again, what we put into our body is what's affecting it. So that coffee, that alcohol, all that stuff that we're putting in there, it's messing with us. The nicotine. So just be mindful of what you're doing. Sodas, they all have that impact. Sugars. So when we eat heavy foods before we go to bed, how do we feel? And then how do we feel when we wake up? So that all affects our sleep. Okay, what was the drink called again? It is called NeuroSleep. NeuroSleep. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I know right now that you're talking a lot about, I'm really sad to say, coffee. But all these things that are really not the best for our bodies, is there some, like, habits or, like, well, I say habits, but maybe some bad habits or bad common habits that we should be really preventing and really working on to be living a better lifestyle um, after having a brain injury? I would say it's something I learned from Dr. Driver. (laughs) It's uh, limiting the caffeine that we take. So Dr. Driver actually, uh, something he said not too long ago was he doesn't drink caffeine after noon. And um, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to try that. I'm not going to drink, uh, I'm not going to drink tea afternoon. So I was like, that's something I'm going to try, you know, I'm just going to start limiting what I can put into my body. So watching those sugars and everything. So just being mindful of it more yeah. because that is harder. And I know it's hard and it's easy to say I can be mindful, but it's harder when you have to actually think about it. When you're thinking about it and saying, okay, Am I actually going to pick up this drink and say, do I really want this drink? Do I really want to put this Dr. Pepper or Coke in my body? Do I really want it? Or is it that I think I want it? Sure. 
And talking about sugars, um, one of our members has also asked, are there like artificial artificial sweeteners we should avoid, or is it just kind of the same? You should limit whatever kind of sugar intake you're having. I mean, I don't know. I know most, like Kelsey said, there's certain foods she can't eat because of the medicine she's on. So, again, it sounds like that's probably just going to be a case-by-case basis, and you need to talk to your PCP or... It, it is individualized, so some people are okay on sweeteners, some people are not, some people are okay on regular sugar, some people are not. I think uh, being mindful of, like Jasmine said, your response to a certain type of sweetener. There are some natural sweeteners, um, stevia, for example, um, truvia, uh, that, are, that are slightly different. People might respond better to those, so... Looking at the ingredients on, on products is really important and then that's kind of part of being aware and making those choices. I think everything that we're talking about today, you can view as a toolkit, right? You've mm-hmm. got all of these different tools and you can try them. You can see, okay, does not drinking caffeine in the afternoon help? Does eating before 6 p.m., three hours before I go to bed help? If I avoid drinking alcohol in the evening, does that help? All of these are just, you can treat it as an experiment, right? And sure. see, see what works for you. Yeah. yeah. I think those are all really helpful for sure, like different tools, a toolkit. I think that'd be great um, and for all of our listeners and the people, the caregivers and the friends and family to kind of learn about. Like I think Carrie said it earlier, this is for everyone, you know? Right. And people just had our brain injury survivors. It, it is a little different. But overall, I think everyone needs to be really living a healthy lifestyle. Um, before I had um, in Bind done a like presentation, and I talked about like these things that can prevent, you know, like these. I mean, sometimes it can't be prevented, you know. It had just happens of a brain injury. But is there something that you would like the people around us as brain injury survivors to keep in mind? This will make you healthier and can probably prevent these bad situations from like happening brain mostly like a stroke right so is there anything that we can provide for our other listeners i think um i think it's safe to say that um living a healthy lifestyle is difficult (laughs) right so it's regardless brain injured or not regardless i think having a brain injury makes it a lot more challenging uh the good news is there are different strategies to help people. So um, even though it's challenging, being persistent, trying different um, approaches, trying to change a diet or trying to be more active, working with your family, working with your friends, working with um, people around you, all of those are really important pieces that I think you know, you've got to utilize um, people and things around you to see what works for you. Anything else, Jasmine? Um, just add, don't go with the grain. Don't, be stubborn. <laughs> be stubborn. Um, That's easy. Be very stubborn. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people say you can't do this, you can't do that. But it's not that you can't, it's that you just need to do it with moderation. You just need to be careful what you do. After a brain injury, they tell you, don't do this, don't do that. Yes, there's things you should not be doing after a brain injury, of course, because you're just more likely to hurt yourself again. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. But also, 
be defiant. There's things that they're going to tell you you will never be able to do. Say, watch me. Yeah. Watch me and watch what I can do. Because you don't know. We don't really know the possibilities of what can be done. So that's why I tell people, just be stubborn, be defiant, and keep pushing. Be yeah. persistent. I, I do love that. We, we have a saying around here that when people say, I can't do that. We say, no, you can't do that yet. Mm-hmm. You have to finish that sentence with a yet, not I can't. I can't yet. So that you keep trying and keep going. So I think that's great to think about that. On the same way with the healthy lifestyle. I can't live a healthy lifestyle. Okay, I can't live a healthy lifestyle yet. But if I work on it, maybe someday I'll try that salmon again. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be everything all at once. <laughs> right. Right. Some people think oh, I've got to be I've got to exercise, I've got to change my diet, I've got to sleep well. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. You can try try a diet. Try sleeping. Try going to the gym or walking with friends it, you don't have to do it all at once because it can be very overwhelming um so working with your friends again with people you know um one one step at a time right yeah yeah i definitely agree on that um i definitely agree with that just like a little si- simple thing uh i used to run marathons and when i finally figured out oh i had a stroke okay well, I'm going to run it in October. <laughs> like, didn't fully comprehend. Like, I got to take my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for both tips. They're all really great, and they're all very helpful to listen to. And to listen to as co-hosts, we learn every day. And I hope that that's what happens to all of our listeners. So thank you guys for taking this extra time to be with us. It means a lot. And I hope it means a lot for our listeners as well. And we will have Dr. Driver and Jasmine's contact information included in our description as well. So you'll be able to contact them as well as contact us. So that will be in each description. Speaking of that, if you do want to contact us, you can go ahead and email us again at bindwaves at thebind.org. And you would think I wouldn't have to look at my notes, but brain injury. We're just going to make sure I don't say it wrong. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at bindwaves. And you can also visit the website, thebind.org slash bindwaves. And also don't forget, don't ever forget because it happens at every 10 minutes. But like, <laughs> share, subscribe, your favorite plat- subscribe to us on your favorite platform and just hit that notify button on YouTube. And remember, every Thursday you'll find us here on all your favorite platforms. Again, if you hit those notify buttons, then you won't even have to remember. It'll just pop up and tell you. So until next time. Until next time. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Bind Waves and continue to support Bind and our nonprofit mission. We support brain injury survivors as they reconnect into the life, the community, and their workplace. And we couldn't do that without great listeners like you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Continue watching. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>